0: Love Life, featuring your hosts Rebecca Detman and Jane Dunn. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman and I'm Jane Donovan. And we're doing a topic today which is going to have a lot of mass appeal and I think everybody needs to listen to this because pretty much everyone is involved in work, I would say. People do things for a living, don't they, Jane? They do. <laughs> they do. And of course we've got a, we've got an opinion on this, Jane. <laughs> Surprise. We've got a spiritual emotional opinion on or or let's say paradigm and perhaps how we'd like to suggest people start looking at the way that they treat their jobs, their products, their brands, their businesses, their interactions with others in an everyday professional sense. Because of course, we've come from a world, a century, which was very, you know, there was a lot of factory line, there was a lot of corporate nine to five, putting on a suit, um, keeping a poker face, uh, bringing home the bacon, and a lot of these sorts of very materialistic and almost cold, hard and calculated type values. But of course, as more and more of us awaken and enlighten, and wake up to the new age and the age of Aquarius and the spirituality that we're all sitting in now. The values are around the things that we do for a living and the ways in which we bring home the bacon, the money, are changing. Jane's got some beautiful thoughts on this, so I'm going to hand it over to her
1: to begin. Thank you. Look, I feel that it is so important in 2013 that with all businesses, with all employment, with all work, is that we must be of service to either Mother Earth or humanity. I feel that we need to have our soul in what it is we are doing for a living. And if we don't learn to love our clients, to love our co-workers, to love our bosses, to love our products, to love our services, They're going to collapse and we're seeing this happen everywhere. You know, we only need to go down the local main street in any city or town and you're going to see so many shops for lease. You're going to see businesses for sale or businesses that have closed down. There is so much change going on within the workforce and the big thing that I see is that there's just not enough love in there. It's been created through masculine alpha energy, which has been fantastic. But what we now need to do is put the heart into it. We've got to put the soul into every business.
0: Now, speaking as someone, me, who came from a very traditional corporate university and then corporate background, for a decade, I worked for the world's largest news companies, media companies, journalism, all of that stuff. And it's been, you know, well, eventually it got to the point where Every time I sat in my office chair, I was getting a pain shooting up my back. And I would only get that pain when I sat in that chair. Any other chair was fine. And the universe was screaming at me that the place that I was in was not in alignment with the values that, you know, I was living in every other area of my life. But I'd go into work and I'd be given a photograph and a caption and I'd be given the title of a story. And one of the lead news guys would hold out the phone to me and he'd say, call such and such and get them to say such and such and write a story that's this many lines and have it ready by 5 o'clock. And I could not no longer exist under those kinds of circumstances and I'm sure you can understand why. So I'm actually, I've left, I left back in uh, end of 08, but I'm seeing a lot of my girlfriends and a lot of people who still exist within that old, um, particularly news journalism culture, They are cracking and crashing. There are those who are trying to hang in there. There are those who have actually been forced out because of just waves of redundancies that have been coming through because a lot of those companies just have no idea how to survive. They are crumbling and falling. And it might not look like that. They might still
1: look powerful. But trust me, on the inside, they are panicking. And this is why. That's absolutely right. Look, you know, it's wonderful that you were in a situation where you were able to change careers you know and it really does need to be about uh, about integrity you know and when your integrity is being compromised it is very difficult to be doing something with love because you are forcing something that is against who you are against your core So for you, you know, you were really blessed that you were able to actually change careers. But it
0: was hard. It is hard, It was so scary and I had to jump out of that, you know, very stable, very reassuring, predictable, nine-to-five pattern routine, the salary that was always there every fortnight. And to leave that with no real plan is like jumping off a cliff. And I counsel a lot of people through this now because so many of us now who are Feeling the call spiritually, emotionally to follow our hearts are going through that kind of transition where they have to break away from all that they've ever known and been trained for. And, and literally the universe is asking them to take a big leap. And it is really scary to do. And people will throw up any excuse, but the mortgage, but my husband, but my children, but this, but that, insecurities, fears. And I get that. I get we've got to be realistic, but this is where, this is where we're at. There's a big changeover going on right now. There
1: is a big changeover. So we've got two things going on. We've got the, the, big changeover of people that are literally shutting one door and opening other doors but then we've got people too that don't you don't need to always leave a job or a career or a business what you can do is actually change that business so what we can look at doing is this is where how can you put your heart and soul into what it is that you're doing so let's say you're doing a job that is going against the grain let's say you are like you were doing your journalism and you're being told to write stories in a way that is sitting against you. Is it possible that you can become the crusader? Is it possible that in that company or in that structure that you can start to inject more love into your words? Maybe if you've got to write a 500 word article or document or whatever for for want of a better word and it would normally be written in in 500 quite harsh words, can you get 10 words in that are softer? Have you not just then put energy and love into this that it's just softened that article a little bit, a little bit better than it was going to be? Can you do this in any area of your life? If your, your job is to make the most beautiful bread, are you a a baker? Is there a way that you can do this? better can you how can you love this more can you be doing it organic can you be doing it biodynamic can you what is it that you can do what is it that you can do to appreciate your customers can you be giving them more nutritional information can you be welcoming your customers with this is a store that they can step into and breathe with kindness that there is no hurried behavior. There's no harassment of clients. It's respectful. It's loving. It's generous. And it's a store that people want to be in. Now, I don't know whether that's a good example, but I try to use that just that it could be any, any shop, any service. So it's looking at what is your product? What is your service? And how can you change the energy around that to be more loving? So you can start first with the product. Then you can look at your customers. And let's look
0: at the space. I mean, I was just talking to a, a teacher the other day. She's got little uh, year twos who are in a quite socially disadvantaged situation at primary school. She she will burn the oils. You know, she will bring in the music that she'll play, the softer music to calm them down, the right colours, the, the, the teepee in the corner with the cushions inside for the timeouts. So... You know, we can begin to soften our spaces. This is what I love about Chinatown, and everywhere you go, everything's feng shui to the max, like there's mirrors and dragons and lime trees and kumquats and, you know, waving cats and everything's golden.
1: The minute you walk in, you can feel the zen or the charge of that space. We can begin in the simplest ways. Absolutely. You know, I can even look at my own business at Social 8 where – when we realized that we really wanted to up the love in there. Now, that sounds funny because, you know, I'm a matchmaker. We put people together to date, to fall in love, to make new friends. But this business still needed to have more love put in it. And what we did was we went through every one of our standard emails. We went right through our website and we rewrote every single word to come from a place of love, of we want people to feel safe here. We want people to see our transparency. We want to have every one of their fears answered in a positive way so that they feel safe and nurtured, respected and loved in our service.
0: I oh, love that, Jane. I, oh, love do that. I
1: love that. It was interesting though what happened as a result. It was a really interesting exercise. This was a couple of years ago. Let me guess. Some people fell away, right? They did. And you should have seen the rock star clients that walked in the door from then on. The caliber of people that were drawn to our transparency, our authenticity, our genuine compassion and empathy and love for our clients' journey, wanting to help them to really achieve what they wanted to achieve through our service, it just turned it around overnight. It was incredible. Yeah. And I and there is not a business that this can't be done with, not a single business. Let's look at something really manufactured. Well, we're we're actually doing this podcast sitting in a car at the moment. (laughs) And so I apologize for that, but that's how our busy lives have worked out. So let's use a car. Now, I haven't spent time in a car manufacturing plant, but I imagine it would be pretty regimented and automated. Okay, so not a lot about the actual processing of the car being put together can probably be changed. But what about the people that are doing it? What about projecting beautiful respect and love for the role that your employees or your co-workers or the the people that you are responsible for are doing what about really finding ways to validate them in their worth and their importance of what they are doing to help your product get out into the marketplace so what can you do to really embrace and empower those people to feel great about what they are doing. And I'm thinking of all kinds of small things
0: you can do as well. When you go back to that beautiful statement at the start Jane about, you know, is it an act of service to humanity or mother earth?
1: Every single business must be of an act must be an act of service to mother earth or humanity. And it's the
0: simplest things like please do not print out this email or all of our cardboard boxes is, you know, Organic or, or pulp, I don't know, um, recycled is what I'm trying to say, you know, little little tweaks and things we can do. But getting back to the people in the jobs. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, it could even be something like if there's really no, um, this word I can never say, camaraderie. <laughs> camaraderie, <laughs> there word. we go, camaraderie. In the workplace, what if you do organise like a Friday night um I want to say drinks I don't know if that's spiritual <laughs> like a you know uh, organic social gathering organic biodynamic alcohol no but what if it's what if it's saturday morning soccer in a park what if it's family day where the kids come what you know things that we can do to actually
1: create more workplace culture in a supportive and a beautiful way I love it I think that's fantastic there is so much that can be done within a workplace and it's not just about the employees it is about also if you are an employee and you've got supervisors, bosses, owners, what is it that you can do to really give them the validation and the respect of the opportunity that they are presenting you? We have so much, so many relationships are broken down within the workforce. We've got people that hate their bosses, bosses that hate their workers, so on, supervisors that that get on people's nerves. What is it that you can do to try and make this more harmonious? Because it's not fun to be forced to go to a job 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, whatever hours you've got, and knowing that you're putting yourself in a toxic environment where there's somebody that you can't stand, what is it that you can do to really make that relationship more harmonious? So as you try to please another, their energy will soften and they will mirror that back to you and someone has to go first. And sometimes
0: what I found during my career when I did hit up against some really hardcore personalities in the corporate world is that a lot of that work I'd actually do behind the scenes. So I'd either literally get up from my desk, go to the cubicle in the bathroom, close the door and meditate for two minutes and get back into my energy again because you can lose it out there on the floor and then come back and operate from that place. Or I would go home at night and I would try and talk to that person's higher self. You know, I've talked to the head of News Limited through um, kind of channeling, like having a chat to his higher self and saying, look, this is how I feel. And you can, you know, I, I don't know if that's if that's everyone's cup of tea, but it's, it could be as simple as just sending love out or trying to create a peace or a harmony energetically with the energy of that person's soul and, and taking the higher road and realizing people down here on earth, they're going through stuff. A lot of it might hurt you, but it's not personal. It's their stuff. And you better believe that you've chosen to be surrounded by these
1: tough nut, tough nuts in your everyday job for karmic reasons because you're all sharing the gifts around pretty thick. Absolutely. I find also when you're dealing with somebody that is really hardcore to deal with is that it is a beautiful test for you to sit in your own boundaries and to be respectful and kind to not change your behavior to what theirs is. So this is an opportunity for you to be of service to a company by holding your own peaceful, happy, or should we say calm state not bringing more drama into the workforce. So that is of being service to everybody within that environment because you are going to take responsibility for your own energy and hold your energy in amongst turmoil. The more people that are able to do that, eventually any turmoil dissipates. It will just disappear. And so... That is one other way of being of service. Another thing, we kind of got a bit off the track here with the hard guy at the work, but I think that that, or hard person at work, I think that's a very common scenario in a lot of workplaces. And it is toxic and it is of not at all of service to humanity. But it is also about taking the responsibility yourself to actually see the good in every person. Now, as you do that, you actually empower yourself and disempower anybody else. So by doing that, Well, one of the easiest ways of doing that is to, and again, like you, Beck, I do this sort of thing sitting at home, is that you write the person's name on a piece of paper and then you write everything positive that you can about that person. And I don't care who it is, there is not a single human walking this planet that you can't write nice things about. You might have to dig harder, you might have to really try, you might start with the tiniest thing. I don't care, but the longer that you get that list, the more that you're getting into a loving and energetic space where when you are with that person, you're actually going to see them with much clearer eyes. And so when you see them misbehaving, when you see them going into their fear, shadow side of their behavior, you're now actually going to be seeing also the beautiful of them and you become more forgiving. You become kinder and less judgmental about that person and you actually become softer when you're dealing with them. And they often will tend to melt in your presence. Now, if every person in a company did that, you would be of complete loving service to that business and it will start to thrive.
0: That's powerful. And that could even take us to money because so many businesses are operating for the commercial bottom line. And those are the ones that are doing it the hardest, and that's what I see. They are squeezing and sucking the joy out of any passion that was ever felt for the thing in the first place because when it comes down to number crunching, it gets a bit hollow and soulless. Um, And this is what I actually see the whole global financial crisis as being a massive metaphor for the earth right now. It's come along to really, really, in, in quite an abrasive way, shift and uproot and overturn A lot of, again, some of those 20th century people who were living their lives for a long time with their superannuation and their stable jobs and they were going to retire after how many years and get the gold watch and get the long service leave and all of that. And there's been a lot of lessons had to be learned around security and around what you expect and around all of those sorts of things. And there's been a lot of lessons for souls having to learn about their own when they get stuck in their comfort zones for too long and they're not pushing themselves into following their heart or, you know, it's a bit like the universe saying, you know what, you've still got a good three decades left on this earth full of energy and intelligence. What are you going to do with it and how are you serving? So people being turfed out of these jobs, they've been sitting in so comfortably for so long and having to go, wow, when I get up tomorrow morning, I haven't got a plan but I've got to do something and there comes resourcefulness, creativity, inspiration, Forging new ground, you know, all of these wonderful things and learning a whole
1: bunch of new spiritual rules. That's, right. I love that. That's fantastic. That's very powerful. There's nothing like having your security taken away from you That's to have you actually really face your fears. One and of the biggest lessons, isn't it? Through. It's like
0: a slap across the face. And I've seen, I, I've got one client myself, you know, he was made redundant. He'd been at um, a telephone company since he was like 17 years old and he was in his 50s. And I mean, it took him two years. Years to crawl back out of the cave, that you know, because he went straight into victimhood, and you know, nobody wants me, and it's all you know, all of that kind of the guilt stuff and the victim stuff, and and actually, I've been trying to say to him, no, don't you understand? You've been given a second chance. This is like, this is amazing. What are you going to do?
1: (laughs) And that's a wonderful opportunity, isn't it? When you've got that clean slate and you're forced, and you can start something new. Yeah, you know, I also love those words. Follow your joy. And if Henry Ford, I think, said it didn't he originally, well, follow your joy, yeah. follow your bliss, yeah, follow, follow your bliss. bliss, sorry, follow your bliss. I turn around and say follow your joy. Okay, follow your bliss. And I can imagine that people would be thinking, well, you know, I really like painting but uh, I can't see myself paying the mortgage off with selling enough of my paintings. I'm not going to be a you know internationally well-known artist tomorrow. So the reality there is that you bring as much bliss into your life as you can. So you paint as much as you can. So you then become appreciative and grateful for the job that you have, which gives you the money to be able to have the time to be able and the money to be able to buy the product so that you can be painting. So in this scenario, you may not be able to be a full time painter or you may be, you may not be. Let's assume that you're not. You need to still look at how can I create bliss in the situation that I am in where I'm not painting to earn my income. And that is coming from gratitude. And as we become grateful, we start to project a softer, more loving energy to what it is we're doing. Instead of it being, I hate my job, I don't want to go to my job, I've got to do this job, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Victim, victim, victim story. Um, Oh, no, it's Monday again. I guess it will be a week now, before five days before I'll be able to pick up a paintbrush again. Instead of being... I'm so blessed that I have this opportunity to be able to go to this job where I have an hour for lunch and I get to spend that however I choose and I choose that in my imagination creating the next painting that I'm going to do or I'm really lucky that I get to spend my day with people who inspire me a lot of my seat the senior people in my place of work are very inspirational where they are all following their dreams and i get to talk to them about how did they achieve their dreams and that inspires me to get new ideas of how i can get my paintings out there more for sale you can be learning and growing with gratitude in every every place of employment bar none
0: beautiful Oh, this is so valid because this ties into what I was saying earlier about having to counsel a lot of people right now, making that transition from the old to the the new. And, yeah, this is – I reckon we're going to go on some tangents here, but, hey, it's you and me. So (laughs) one of the things that I've been using to counsel people is people also – They tend to be such control freaks. And we come from a world and the Westerners, you know, we itinerize, we diarize, we have calendars, we like to know when our baby's going to be born on what day. Like we are that anally retentive about our details and our organization. The control, the control, the control. and often when people are coming out of those kind of traditional work environments, either because they've been made redundant or fired, or they're like with me, the my heart was just saying, you cannot do this anymore, or you will get physically sick. It is so out of alignment with your true path. So we then find the guts or the courage to begin to either all at once, like I did, just make the chop or begin to begin to segue across. Okay. Now, People want to bring all of their control freak stuff to what's going to happen. I need to know what I'm going to do and how much money it's going to bring in and how I'm going to do it and where I'm going to go each day and what people I'm going to work with. And they want People want to know so many details. And while it is obviously completely practical to begin your new ver- journey or venture with proactive details and practical details, a lot of it is also the universe asking you to trust, flow and surrender. So this is how I put it to people. I, I say to them, not... What is it that you want to do for the rest of your life? What job, what's your dream job or what would you like to be doing? Because often people don't know. All they know is I don't like what I have. I need something else. I need something other. So I say to them, okay, how do you want to feel when you wake up every morning in the future? How do you want to feel when you're sitting down at your desk at home or if you're leaving the house and you feel like you might be going somewhere, there's a job out there for you? What's the feeling in your heart or your chest? And that's when we start to get closer to the truth of where the
1: universe would like us to be and how we can best serve. That is beautiful, very beautiful. Oh, so so much to say where to go from there. Okay, so I also feel, because people do have a lot of fear around stability of income, and so changing place of employment really does press so many buttons in them. I am a huge fan of baby steps, gentle, gentle, you know, if you are, we'll go back to this person that loves painting, do it gently. If you want to, I'm a huge fan of people setting up part-time businesses that can be operated after hours, on weekends. You know, the internet has made entrepreneurs of anybody. Anybody who wants to be self-employed can be doing a business on the internet these days. And so you can do these part-time. So start to, Imagine what is it that you would like to try, and then look at how can I do this gently. What is it that I can start gently? So many. I have a friend who loves going around to garage sales, and she just adores it, and she loves having garage sales. And I said, "Wow, why don't you set up a little business on um, on online, like on eBay or whatever? You can get all of our junk, and you can sell it for us." You know, it's fabulous. She was so excited by that. Now she was in a really hating her job so much. But what that did was it let her have a dream for the future that could perhaps one day be her full time income. But in the meantime, it made her happy in her everyday employment because while she's at work doing the everyday, she's dreaming of something bigger that is more pleasing for her that helps her to follow her bliss. So being in a visualized state where you are starting to imagine the possible versus what was the impossible is going to go help you achieve a much happier state of where you're at right now. You have to find ways to be happy in what you're doing now, to be of service to what it is that you're doing now so that you can create the new space for new stuff to come in.
0: So stepping stones and vehicles because we acknowledge that some of these stepping stones like the bridging transition jobs that you may have or like Jane said, there's something that brings in the money every week but it's not what you really want to do and that is fine. Just honour it and be grateful for it as the stepping stone that is taking you on the path closer to where you want to be ultimately full-time. I've got a girlfriend who she's actually got um, a lovely herbal tea business and, and that's a beautiful thing and, and it's it's been a beautiful gift for her. Sometimes she gets really disheartened about it and I'll say to her, look we know that this isn't really your be-all and end-all this isn't all that you can be and it's not all who you are um, just view it as the vehicle and make sure because this is the vehicle that's going to take you to your amazing magnificent magnificent self in the future and make sure that in the meantime that vehicle is a nicely polished Mercedes you know and this brings me to consciousness around business and and consciousness of the business itself because years ago when I left corporate, And I started basically being a young mum with $70 in her back pocket who hired a little room and did psychic readings. Um, and I had this little business and I called it Psyched in Stilettos, um, like the little girl running around t- town in stilettos and doing psychic readings. I making. love that name. I've always loved that name. I think it's fabulous. I wanted it to be very modern and very chic and very, you know, not what you'd expect. No, it's like a hippie with lippy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, no, you know, crushed purple velvet, nothing like that, right? So this was my little business. And I had this cute little room and I put all white things in there. And, and you know, and sometimes I'd feel – you know, in the natural progression of when you start something new and there's times when you don't bring in any money and it's hard yakka and all of that. And there were times when I'd be really down on it. And I remember a girlfriend saying to me, Rebecca – You've got to realize that while this business is an extension of yourself, it's also its own little entity and it has its own feelings and it has its own consciousness. And every time you berate psyched stilettos, you're not doing, you're not doing it like, you know, you're doing a disservice to it and to its own ego and to its own production. And of course, the energy that you're putting out there to people about the confidence that it feels and the buoyancy of it. So we've got to be really accountable. Yeah. For the energy that we put and bring into the stuff that we do, whether it's a product, again, as Jane's talking about, the relationships that we hold in business, whether it's our ethics around money, you know, any of these different things that we're called upon through the work that we do. We've
1: really got to come at this stuff through the most highest, highest vibration that we possibly can. Absolutely. Look, businesses are energy. That's all they are is energy. Like that's all everything is. It amazes me the emails or the the signs that businesses have, the way they speak to their customers. You know, there's no love in it. When I go into a clothing store and I'm told you can only take two pieces of clothing in, Why do you think I'm going to steal the other ones? You know, you're insulting people. There's no love in this. We need to change our language of the way that we are doing things. We need to look at every single thing about our business and change it to be coming from love. What are the words that energetically are in the emails that you send out or your newsletters or whatever form of communication you have? What's your packaging saying? What Where is the love? You've got to realize that it is an energetic message. You know, even in the wellness industry, I find where's my emails that say, Dear Beautiful Goddess, (laughs) that's how I want to be talked to. You would, Jane. But yes, absolutely. I know my
0: husband's a chiropractor and everybody who goes into his clinic get um, a piece of fresh fruit and a gla- and a cup of herbal tea the minute they come in. Like that's nurturing. That's gorgeous. I and, love that. You know, there's a lot of clinics out there and they don't all do that and that's the difference on the spectrum between do you want your business just to be – you know, good.
1: Or do you want it to be great because you've made a heart connection with people? And people get it. They know when you're genuine. They know when you really care for them. So we could talk about this forever, Beck, because there's so many things here that we can help businesses to really transition from where they're sitting with all their fears and turn them right round to love and turn into extraordinary successful businesses. But I do think that it's important to really micro look at everything, everything. Within the business.
0: Yeah, and you know what? If something is niggling, it's this is how you know. If it's not sitting with you quite right, if it makes you feel heavy or reluctant each time you have to do it, that's the sign right there that it is inauthentic or out of alignment with your path. And then I'm talking systems, I'm talking emails, I'm talking relationships, I'm talking from the smallest to the biggest you know, functioning parts of your business, your product, your brand, you really have to start getting real and spring cleaning and decluttering out the stuff that is holding you back because it feels heavy to have to do. Either patch it up, fix it up, raise the energy on it or ditch it and replace it with something that's much more
1: in alignment. Perfect.
0: Are we done, Jane? We are. That's perfect. We, Thanks, haven't, perfect. we haven't even touched on spiritual money yet, but I think that's maybe a whole other topic is just finances alone. Yeah, that'll be a good one to do. Thank you so much for sitting on the couch with us today. You're listening to Love Life. Follow the conversation on Facebook after the show. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. We'll see you next week. Bye. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.